Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Today, I would like to share you the message, which is very important and a little bit heavy, but I believe that if you really are born-again Christians, you will love this kind of message. And it's so important to hear this kind of message because it's the foundation, it's the root of your growth in the future. If we don't get this message right at the beginning, our Christian life will never go anywhere. In fact, how many people, let me ask this question, how many people want to live a victorious life on earth here? How many people want to overcome the enemy and the enemy cannot touch you? Raise your hand up. Amen. Do you know why people are in trouble and also are defeated all the time? Because of sin. People are in trouble because they sin against God. Adam and Eve, when they were in the Garden of Eden, at the beginning, without sin, they had a good time. They had all the prosperity, good family, good health. But when sin entered into their life, when they began to rebel against God and do whatever they wanted, then it's cursing. And all the problems enter into humanity. So this message that I'm going to preach today and next time will reverse that situation that you're going to go back into the Garden of Eden, before Adam and Eve sinned against God. We want to go back to abundant life. We want to really live a life of victory. So the message today is about being holy. God is holy, and He calls us to be holy. I'm going to start with the first scripture. First Peter chapter 1, verses 13 and 16. Therefore, gird up, the laws of your mind. So God say, let's make a decision. Let's focus. Let's make a decision to do something here. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In this teaching, we're going to talk about holiness and we're going to talk about how we can become holy the main word that we're going to talk about is the word grace. Rest your hope upon the grace. We can live a holy life on this earth. I believe that if God called us to do something, He will not leave us alone to do it by ourselves. He wants to help us to be able to accomplish what He called us to do. He said, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance. Before we became a Christian, we were led by our sinful nature, our lust. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Wow, this is a very heavy command to all of us. He said, be holy because he is holy. God expects us to be holy people. What does it mean to be holy? It means that we live our life above and beyond the level of the world. In the world, it's okay to lie. In the world, it's okay to gossip. In the world, everybody hates somebody and gossip about somebody. In the world, it's okay to do a little bit of corruption. Maybe cheat the taxes of the government a little bit. That's okay. But God said, that is the level on the ground here. That is the level at the, of the turkey. But he wants us to be an eagle. He wants us to be high above the level of the world. He wants us to be like an eagle that fly in the air above the mountain. That the enemy cannot touch us. Do you know that 
scientifically, the snake cannot be in the high altitude. When you put the snake up in the high altitude, the snake cannot survive. God wants us to be in the high altitude, above and beyond the level of the world. Yes, we live in the world, but we're going to live our life at the level above the world, at the level of God. God's ways are higher than man's way. God's thoughts are higher than man's thoughts. And we want to reach up to that level of holiness, purity, no sin. You may say, wow, pastor, it sounds very difficult to live like that. I am in the human flesh. I still have temptation. I still have a lot of weaknesses in my life. But I want to encourage you. I preach this message from my own experience that it's possible to live a holy life on earth here. And at the end of the message, you will see the solution how we can live a holy life. God compares his kingdom to a high mountain. In Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of all the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. You see, God compares his kingdom as high mountains. He wants us to live a high level, not lower level. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 40, For on my holy mountain, height of Israel, say the Lord God, there all the house of Israel, all of them in the land, shall serve me. There I will accept them, and there I will require your offerings and the first fruits of your sacrifices together with all your holy things. Everything is holy. High mountain. Everyone say above and beyond. Everyone say holiness. God wants us to be holy. And holy means purity. We will not follow the way of the world. Now I want to read many scriptures to help you understand how we're going to reach to that level, living a holy life. How many people want to have such an authority to be able to command sickness? to command poverty, to command the storms and the winds of your life to go away. How many people want that kind of authority? Do you notice that after Jesus Christ received the Holy Spirit at the river of Jordan, he went into the wilderness and he faced many kinds of temptations. And after he overcame all the temptation, the Bible says he came out with authority with power, with anointing. And after that day, Jesus was not just a young man who is a son of the carpenter anymore. He was the man of authority because he lived a holy life, because the anointing in his life can flow through his mouth, can flow to his hand. A lot of Christians are in trouble today, financially, physically, sickness, because they still play with sin, with their mouth, with their action. And that's why they don't have authority to command the devil to go away. Amen? I remember the story of Samson. Samson have anointing and authority. But at nighttime, he lie down with Delilah. So God showed me that you cannot fight the Philistine during the day and lie down with the Philistine at night. So if you want to live a life of authority, you want to live a life of victory, you cannot fight the devil on Sunday morning, and Sunday night you go out and lie and gossip and do a lot of stuff that against God. And you take the side of the devil. That's why living a holy life is very important in the eyes of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. Everyone say holy. holy. Acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The Apostle Paul said, by the mercy of God. Therefore, why therefore? Because from chapter 1 to chapter 11, he was talking about what the Lord did for us as a Christian. 
He paid the price for us. He died on the cross for us. Now, Apostle Paul say, "Let me make a conclusion. Let us settle here. This is your responsibility, because God showed mercy to you. He died for you. He paid the price for you. He saved you. Now, this is your responsibility. Amen. And what is your responsibility? Is to present your body as a living sacrifice. In other words." We have spirit, we have soul and body, and our spirit cannot go anywhere without our body. If your spirit come to me without your body, I gotta run away. I want your body to show up to not just your spirit, because you are not dead yet. So the spirit go everywhere with your body, and how your spirit manifests its character, it has to manifest through the body. If you have a loving spirit. Your eyes, your words, your bodily language will show love. That's why God said, first of all, you need to give your body as a living sacrifice. You need to surrender your body to God, holy and pure before God. You remember we read a while ago. Gird up the Lord of your mind. You need to make decision. I don't know about you. But in 1985, I came to the U.S. and one day I knelt down in the bedroom and I said, "God, today I make a once-for-all decision that I will give my body to serve You as holy and pure living sacrifice. I promise You that I will do my best to depend on Your power, not to use my body to sin against You, holy and pure." And that decision, that commitment, still going on to today. God say, make a commitment that your body will be a living sacrifice, holy and pure before the Lord. Amen. I want to encourage you to start to do that from today on. That you will not use your mouth to gossip, to sarcasm, to talk bad to people. You will not use your hand to steal something. You will not use your eyes to look at the woman. Or the person of opposite sex in a different way, in a wrong way, you will not use your feet to walk into do something bad. Your body must be a living sacrifice. Then verse two, the Bible say, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let me talk about conform a little bit here. The Bible say, "Don't be conformed to this world." In other words, to live a holy life means non-conformity. A lot of people misinterpret this scripture. Oh, the Bible say, "Don't conform to this world." They interpret, they misinterpret that I'm gonna do everything opposite to the world. The world go this way, I'm gonna go this way, and they pull this scripture out in a legalistic way. For example, if the world put makeups, I'm not going to put makeups. Is that make you holy if you don't put makeup? No. If the world wear jeans, I'm not going to wear jeans. If you don't wear jeans, are you going to be holy? No. If the world say they have short hair, I'm going to have a long hair. To have a long hair will make you holy? No. So they. Interpret this scripture in a legalistic way. That's why if you go to some churches, they say, "Woman, you're gonna wear jeans. You're gonna put makeup. You're gonna do this and do that and do that. You have to do everything opposite the world, and that is not true holiness." Let's look at the word form. Conform, con mean with it, but transform mean to go across and beyond. So God say, "Don't go along with the way of the world." The world say lying is okay. The world say saying bad things is okay. Gossiping is okay. If you go along with them, you will lie with them. You gossip with them. Maybe in the lunch break, you sit down eat lunch with your colleagues, and they began to gossip your boss. And if you Conform with the world. It means you go along and join in the gossiping party with them. That is conform. But transform means to go beyond. That we don't live our life that way. We're gonna live our life 
above and beyond at the level of God, and it's our decision how we can do that, how we can avoid being conformed with the world and be transformed to be like Christ. The Bible says, by the renewing of your mind. So the first step to walk into holy life is to make a decision that I give my body as a living sacrifice, and then we make decision. We're going to be transformed. How we can be transformed? By the Word of God. Everyone say, the Word of God. Yesterday, Pastor Da and I we were talking that we thank God for the new technology. One of our members still listen to our tape, the tape that we produced in 1996. And nowadays, we don't use tape anymore. We use MP3. We use CD, and that MP3 can go all over the world, and many people can listen. People can listen to the Bible reading in the car. People can read the Bible at home. We have even have Bible in the computer. When I prepare my sermon, I rarely open my Bible now. I just click on my computer and I choose different versions. Amplified version, New King James version, NLT. I use my computer and I can read. And some of you even have the smartphone in my care group. People pull out the smartphone and when they say 1 Corinthians 12 verse 8, they use their thumb. The scripture come up and they can read 1 Corinthians 12 verse 8, talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Nowadays, God bless us so much with this technology that we can carry the Word of God in a small, small box everywhere that we can pull out and read the Scripture in the bus station, in the classroom, anywhere we go, we can get the Word of God into our life. We can listen to the sermon. I encourage one brother in the church, how many minutes you spend time on the freeway? He said maybe half an hour one way. So I say each week you can listen to three sermons in the car instead of having a daydream. You can feed yourself with the word of God. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 13, Till I come, give attention to reading. I believe he didn't talk about reading the newspaper. He's talking about reading the scriptures. To exhortation, mean to preaching the word of God and to doctrine. To talk about the word. He said, pay attention until I come to the word of God. Because the word of God will change your life. If you don't know the word, you will make mistake. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 verse 4, Man shall not live by bread alone. How many people enjoy eating? Raise your hand up. Oh, I enjoy eating too. This morning, I ate noodle with meatball. Oh, so good. I could not finish it because I have to come to church. But it was so good. I like to eat. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Everyone say proceeds. If you notice, proceeds is with S, which means that it's present tense. That the word of God has to come to you every single day, not just yesterday, not two years ago. Proceeds from the mouth of God. Remember the story of King David. King David did not read the scripture well enough. When he was trying to take the Ark of the Covenant to the city of David, he made a big mistake. He did not follow the scripture. Instead of having two poles across the ring of the Ark of the Covenant and have four people carrying the Ark, he did what the world did. The world of Philistine put the Ark of the Covenant on the cart and with the cow in front, dragged the Ark of the Covenant. And God was not very pleased because God said, I'm not going to let the cow carry my presence. I want human being to carry my presence. And you know what happened? A man died immediately because David did not know the word of God. David made mistake. So the same thing in our life, if we know the word of God, we will not make mistake. Our mind will be renewed. And when we're going to do wrong thing, right away the word of God will flash in our mind. No, 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 no. Or when we want to do the right thing, 
the word of God will flash and say, yes, 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 do it. This is a good thing to do. Amen? Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. That you put off. Everyone say, put off. Put off what? Concerning your former conduct. My former conduct. I tell you the truth. This is my old Pasalau. I was arrogant. I was very cunning. I was lying to my patient. I was not a very honest person. I was very selfish, very materialistic. That's my old conduct, my former conduct. The old man, we are not talking about the age here, whether you're 60. The definition of the word old is changed every year for me now. When I was five years old, 25 years old man is old. But now the word old may be more than 100 years old. I just change every year because my age increased as well. Which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So Paul said that if you follow the former way, the old man, the man with sin, you are seeking corruption, which is not good. But be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man. So Paul said, get rid of the old man. Get rid of a former conduct of lust and sin. But renew your mind with the word of God. And put on a new man, which was created according to God. What kind of new man is this? In true righteousness and holiness. God expects all of us to be a new creature. The new creature full of righteousness and holiness. A few days ago, I saw the ultrasound picture of my grandbaby. And they can reformat the ultrasound to see the nose and the mouth and the eyes. And when I look at the picture in that ultrasound, wow, she looked like me. <laughs> she looked like her mom and the grandfather. In Thai language, we call the grandfather on the mom's side, Kunta. I'm Kunta the grandfather on the mom's side. Wow, the baby girl looked like the grandfather. You see, we look like our parents, our grandparents. Is that correct? If we live a holy life, we look like God. And we are the children of God. And God expects us to throw away the old man and put on the new man so that we can look like God. And everywhere we go, People look at us and say, wow, they are the children of God. Amen? In the hospital sometimes, I have to tell you, I get mad. Because the nurse did not do something according to the plan. And I get mad inside me. But I have to control myself. Not to yell. Not to curse. Not to cuss. Not to do something that they will look at me and say, is this a Christian doctor? He's a pastor. He's a preacher. Ooh, I think he looked like a son of the devil. I don't want people to call me a son of the devil. Because the way I behave, the way I talk in the operating room, the way I minister to my patients and talk to the nurses around the hospital, I want them to see me as a son of the living God. I need to look like God. And how can I look like God? I renew my mind with the word and live a holy life. Amen? Renewing the spirit of our mind. Jesus said, even the earth and the heaven pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. Mark chapter 7 verse 13, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down and many such things you do. In one part of the scripture, Jesus said, the word of God will never pass away. But this part of the scripture, Jesus said, but man, as Christian in the church, can make the word of God no effect or nullify the word of God. How do we do that? By our traditions. There are many, many traditions in the church but that we should throw away. And I'm going to mention in this teaching. Many traditions, many wrong teaching in the body of Christ 
that cause people not to follow the word of God. Amen. As long as I'm a pastor of this church, I will never, 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 ever compromise the word of God. I will preach the word of God as it is. I'm going to follow the word of God 100% because I don't want people in this church to nullify the word of God by my tradition. I want to follow the word of God. The word of God come before the tradition. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter six verse fourteen, the Bible say, "Do not be equally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship? Everyone say yoke. Everyone say fellowship. What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Everyone say communion." The Apostle Paul said three words here: yoke, fellowship, and communion. What does it mean, yoke? When two oxen come together, and they both have a big block of wood on their neck, when one ox moves to the left, the other one have to move to the left. When one ox moves to the right, the other ox have to move to the right. The word yoke or fellowship mean partnership. Participation and go along together. So God said that we should not go along with what the world is doing. Amen. If the world cheat taxes, we should not cheat taxes. If the world say it's okay to write the long number in our paper so that the government will not know how much we gain in our business and we can cheat. We say no. I'm gonna be honest. If the world say it's okay to cheat the boss to spend some time that we work for the boss, doing some Facebook, doing some personal thing, and we use that time that they pay money to you to do the work, you use for your own benefit. You say no. I'm gonna be honest and faithful and good employee. You don't follow the way of the world. That's what the Bible say. Second Corinthians chapter six verses fifteen to sixteen, the Bible continue to say, "And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. Listen carefully, as God has said." So God said that if you don't go along with the system of the world, if you don't live a sinful life, if you don't follow the things of the world, He said, "I will dwell in them, and walk among them, and they will be their God, and they shall be my people." This is one of the most important promise of God in the Bible. I'm going to show you why I say promise of God because. After you jump out from Second Corinthians chapter six to Second Corinthians chapter seven, Apostle Paul said, "Therefore, having these promises, what is a promise here? If you live a holy life, let me encourage you. I want to get this promise in my life. The promise is, if you decide to walk a holy life, live a holy life, you shall have the tangible presence of God." In your life and in your home, in in your business, God is everywhere. God is omnipresent, but the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord in the Hebrew language is kabod. Kabod means heavy, heavy things, like heavy gold, heavy silver. The Bible says the glory of the Lord will be with the holy people. The thick presence of God that you can feel, you can hear His voice. He go with you, like in the Garden of Eden when God show up in the evening. That is Kabod, the glory of God show up, the glory of the Lord show up in the Temple of Solomon. Amen. The glory of the Lord show up to Moses, the most humble man in the whole generation, with the pillar of cloud and pillar of fire. The tangible presence of God, because Moses tried to walk a holy life, obeying God, and the Bible say that if we live a holy life, 
we will have a special favor from God. That is a tangible presence of God. Let me read to you what Moses said when he was trying to take the children of Israel out of Egypt into the Promised Land. In Exodus chapter 33, verses 15 to 18, this is what he said. Then he said to him, mean to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight? You can see the correlation between the presence of God and the grace of God. And I'm going to explain in this sermon next time what does it mean, the grace of God. Found grace in your sight, except you go with us. At one time, the Lord was mad at the children of Israel. And he said, I'm not going to go with you anymore. I'm going to send only angel to go with you. I'm not going with you. The presence of God will not be with you. This is the response of Moses. Moses said, no, 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 I don't want angel. I want your presence to come along so that I can find the favor of God, so that I can find the grace of God. And people will look at us and say, yes, they are the children of God. So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. How do people know that you are not people in the earth? Just the regular sinners, because you have the presence of God. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, please show me your kabod, your glory. Please show me your presence. You see, Moses, he loved the presence of God. He wants the presence of God. And you know, at the end of our life, after we leave this world, we're going to be in the presence of God forever. Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 to 4, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street. And on either side of the river, this is talking about the new Jerusalem, the new heaven for us on earth. And was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaf of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And his servant shall serve him. They shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads. That is the end time. That we're going to be with the Lord. But we don't want to wait until that day to be with the Lord in that city. We want the presence of God now. I want to wake up every morning with the presence of God. I want to go to the hospital with the presence of God. I want to drive on the car with the presence of God. I want the tangible presence of God to go with me everywhere that I go. I want His presence. Why is it so important to have the presence of God? This is the secret of success and victory. In order to get the presence of God, you need to live a holy life. Because God will not hang around with people who rebel against Him and always say no to Him. Every time He says something, no. He says something, no. No. The Bible says tithe, no. The Bible say, forgive your enemy. No. The Bible say, be loving. No. After a while, he say, bye-bye. You go with yourself. I'm going with, my, with a person who say yes to me. Let us become cheap. Yes. Let us become the God. No. 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 All the time to God. We need to say yes. To live holy life. I'm going to read many scriptures from now on to show you that why it's so important to say yes to God and live a holy life. Genesis chapter 39, verses 2 to 3. Remember the story of a young man named Joseph. Joseph was tempted by his boss' wife, and he said no to sin. He did not lie down with her. He was not angry with his... He forgave his brothers who sold him to be slave. He was living a holy life. And look at the reward he got. Genesis 39, 2 to 3. The Lord was with Joseph. Is that the presence of God? The Lord was with Joseph. Oh, one day, 1,000 years from now, if people write a book about New Hope International Church member, 
they will read the story of New Hope International Church. The Lord was with Don. The Lord was with Terry. The Lord was with Molly. The Lord was with Matt. That is your life story. The Lord was with you. Okay, I like them to write that way. He was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord, the master saw that the Lord was with him. Wow, I like that. I like people in the hospital say, "I saw that the Lord was with Doctor Lau, and that the Lord made all He did to prosper in His hand." What is the benefit of the presence of God? Success, favor, grace, and prosperity. I read more. Genesis thirty-nine, verse twenty-one. But the Lord was with Joseph. Everyone say was with, and show him mercy. The benefit of have the presence of God, you receive the mercy from God, and He gave him favor, mercy, favor, success. Prosperity in the sight of the keeper of the of the prison. Wow! Even in the prison, people saw the presence of God in his life. No one can come against him. Amen. Look at another man in the Bible who lived a holy life. Joshua chapter one verse five. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses. God was with Moses. So I will be with you. Why Moses did so much for God because he had the presence of God, the tangible presence of God. And now God promised Joshua, because you live a holy life, you serve me. I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Many Christians love to quote this scripture. Oh, God will never leave me. Even I go to sleep with prostitute. God will never leave me or not forsake me. Even I turn on the internet and watch pornography. That is a wrong teaching. That is a wrong doctrine. God will leave you alone and let the devil attack you if you watch the pornography all the time. That's why they're in trouble. Get sickness. Get cancer. No, you need to live a holy life. This is a conditional promise. You cannot have the presence of God if you say no to God all the time. It's a condition. I'm, I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit living on inside your spirit as a Christian. That is one issue. I'm talking about the presence of God show up in your life, the tangible, the glory, the kabod, the presence of God show up in you. Whatever would you do, the favor of God is there. Joshua chapter one verse seventeen. Just as we heed that Moses in all things. So we will heed you. We will listen to you. Only the Lord your God be with you, and He was with Moses. You see, the children of Israel say, "As long as God is with you, we follow you." When the Lord is with you, He gives you leadership. People listen to you. People give you the favor. Your customer, your client will say, "Oh yeah, 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 I buy from you. Yeah, 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 yeah." The presence of God cause people to listen to you. Joshua six twenty seven. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout all the country. How many people want to have good fame? You need to have the presence of God. Live a holy life. Acts chapter ten verse thirty eight, talking about another man, God and man, hundred percent. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God, how can He do all these things? How can He heal the sick, cast out demons, do all the good things? The anointing is upon Him without measure. For God was with Him. This is the key. God. Is with you, the presence of God, the tangible presence of God is with you. You will find favor, mercy, grace, success, prosperity, authority, power, anointing, leadership, because God is with you. And what is the key to get to that point? Living 
a holy life. Surrender your body as a living sacrifice. Let the word of God renew your mind. Second Corinthians chapter six verse seventeen. Are you enjoying this? Therefore, come out from among them, and be separate. A while ago, I read Second Corinthians six fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Now I continue verse seventeen. Be separate, say the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Don't misinterpret this scripture. It doesn't mean that you have to sell your home in Seattle, in Kirkland or Bellevue, and then move to the top of mountain, Mount Rainier, and live by yourself. Separate yourself from among them. That doesn't mean that way. That oh, I cannot get close to the non-believer because I cannot get infected with something. So I need to carry around a box of uh, a bottle of hand sanitizer. And every time I get close to the non-believer, I need to pull out and pour on my body and wash my body because some bacteria gonna jump on me. It doesn't mean that way. This scripture doesn't mean you have to stay away from non-believer. The Bible says you are the light of the world, the salt of the world. You are in the world, but you are the salt of the world. What does it mean that you separate from them, come out from among them? You are the one who control the temperature, not them. You are not following the sinner's way, following what they're doing, what they are saying, what they are pursuing, and what they are seeking. You control the temperature. Don't let them control the temperature in your life. I remember when I was at Harborview Hospital when I first came. I was a young believer. Harborview is a is a trauma center. It was one of the most stressful hospital in the whole world. No one was happy because one day the family was fine. The next day, car accident, broken neck, paralyzed. Everyone get upset. Everyone get so nervous. All the doctors are not happy because they get called at midnight. After midnight, they did not have enough sleep. All the nurses get jailed by the patient family all the time. Everyone was not happy at Harborview when I was there. I think it's still the same today. Mary Jo worked at Harborview, so she know what I'm talking about. Very stressful place. So when I go up to the ICU on ninth floor, we call nine north, ninth floor ICU, neurosurgical ICU, at 6 a.m. to make round. Everyone was not happy. Everyone look, have a bad day. No one smiled. The physical therapist did not smile. All the nurses are not happy. All the doctors and resident and intern were not happy. And I say to myself, I'm not going to let these people control my temperature. When I was there, I smile. I laugh. I make everyone happy. I change the temperature of ICU. After that, they all like me. Because every time Pastor Lau or Doctor Lau came to make round, everyone was happy. I changed the temperature. Amen. But we don't change the temperature to the way of the world: mad, angry, fighting, division, gossiping, hatred, somebody, unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment. That is the way of the world. The way of God is love, kindness, mercy, long suffering. Joy, peace, unity. We don't follow the way of the flesh of the world, but we follow the way of the spirit. Amen. Amen. Everyone say, "I will, I will control, control the temperature." Look at Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one. I will end here after I read the scripture and continue next time about holiness. So we have learned that God called us to be holy. And we can be holy by making a decision in our mind to give our body as a living sacrifice, and we renew our mind with the Word of God. Put off the old self and put in the new creation, new person. And God promises us that if we do that, we're going to have the presence of God. We're going to have mercy, favor, grace, prosperity. All the good things in heaven, because the presence of God is with you. Second Corinthians seven verse one. You remember, I read about holiness in Second Corinthians chapter six, verse seventeen. Then, therefore, having these promises, what promise? The presence of God, the prosperity in the presence of God, the leadership, 
the favor, the mercy of God, the leading of God, according to these promises. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all, not from 90%, not from 95%, from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I will continue next time. The, the third key of living a holy life is the fear of God. And that part, you need to do it. God cannot do it for you. You remember the Bible say, let us cleanse ourselves. When we read this scripture, let me explain a little bit more so you understand. When we read this scripture, a lot of people misinterpret two words in English language or in the Bible. One word is justification and another word is sanctification. I listen to some preacher that I don't agree. Those preachers say, once you save, you give your life to Jesus, you become righteous, and you don't need to do anything else. You don't need to confess your sin anymore. You don't need to repent. Every day walk around the city. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. My position is righteousness. God cleansed me already. I'm righteous. But if I lie a little bit, God understand me. He knows it's okay to lie. I'm just a human saved by grace. I'm just a forgiven bunch of people that God forgive me. Because they just focus only one word, justification. But the Bible does not talk only justification. Justification, what does it mean? It means once you repent of your sin, you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, positionally you change the title from being a sinner to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are cleansed by position that you can go to heaven. But you don't die right away though. So you have to go to the next one called sanctification. Justification is just a position. But God doesn't want you to stop at justification. He said you need to get into the process. Sanctification is a process that started at the time you give your life to Jesus. What kind of process? The process I'm going to preach in this sermon. You give your life as a living sacrifice. You renew your mind with the word of God. You live in the fear of God. You cooperate with God. And let God work on the inside of you little by little. Sanctify you from one level of glory to another level of glory to another level of glory. That that sanctification that happened in your life, cleansing you, purifying you, changing you to become like Christ, eventually going to shine out and people can see from the outside that you are a child of God. You're not a child of the devil. God doesn't expect People who call themselves Christian, going around everywhere, committing adultery, fornication, lying, cheating, gossiping, doing bad things, and claim I'm a Christian. No. God wants us to go through the process of sanctification. Are you getting this? I know this is a heavy message, but I think the church needs to hear. It's a foundational message that I tell you why most preachers don't want to preach this one. Because they don't do it. Because it's not easy to live a holy life. But I dare to preach because I want to live a holy life. And I have experience already that I can live a holy life with the answer going to give you the next sermon. The answer is in the next sermon. Don't miss church. Amen? Let me conclude this way. And I continue next time. If you ask many Christians in the world, when do you lose your love for God? They will say that I never lose my love for God. One time, an interviewer of a Christian new interview, a big evangelist that came out from jail because he misappropriated the fund. He went into jail. When did you lose your love for God? He said, I never lose my love for God, but I never fear God. So in the Christian life, we need, it's like, you know, remember Jesus said, you, the, the Christian life is walking to the narrow gate. The, the way of God is narrow, very difficult. 
So you try to be balanced, not falling off this road, narrow road, narrow gate, out on one ditch or the other ditch. And in order to be balanced, you need to have things in your hand, spiritual hand that balance. One is the love of God, and one is the fear of God. If you have too much fear and don't love God, you will fall into one ditch. We call ditch of legalism. What does it mean? Oh, I fear God. I'm going to use my own strength to obey all the law, 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 law. You cannot put makeup. You cannot put jeans on. You have to come to church on time. If you don't go to care group, you're bad. Bad, bad, bad. All law, law, law into legalism. But if you don't have the fear of God at all, and you have only the love of God, you're going to end up into what we call the gospel of grace. The new gospel of grace. The new gospel of grace means grace is a cover-up. You can sin as much as you can. God still loves you. Because he's a loving God, and I love him. But I don't need to fear him. I can live a loose life. I can sleep with my secretary. I can cheat money. That's okay. Next day you go to church, you confess your sin. God forgive you anyway, because grace is about covering up your sin. You fall into the ditch of sin and lose life. L-O-O-S-E-D, lose life. The life that doesn't fear God. We need to have both the love and the fear of God in order to walk in holiness. Amen? It's interesting. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that He is your Lord and Savior, you shall be saved. The Bible did not say, if you you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that He is your Savior, you will be saved. Lord, the fear of God. And Savior, I love God. He died for me. He is my master. I fear him. I don't want to sin against him. And he is my savior. I love him with all my heart. He died for me. To live a holy life, you need both the love and the fear of God. We continue next time. Holiness. Amen? How many people want to make up your mind that you're going to live a holy life? Raise your hand up. How many people want the presence of God? Amen. Give your life, give your body as a living sacrifice. Renew your mind with the Word. Read the Bible. Listen to Bible CD. Listen to the teaching. We have so many CD in the church that you can get for free. Download sermon from the podcast. Begin to make a decision. I'm going to live in the fear of God. I fear God. I don't want to play game. I don't want God to be mad at me. God has a holy anger. Do you know that? Many kings in the northern kingdom, Samaria, rebelled and rebelled and rebelled against God. And God was very angry with them. And eventually they were wiped out. God punished them. Amen. Hallelujah. If you want to live a holy life as I preach today, why don't you follow my prayer? A prayer of commitment. This is not a prayer of seeking any answer, but it's a prayer of consecration, a prayer of commitment, like what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Eden. It's not my will, but thy will be done, O Father. You follow my prayer. If you want to do that, could you please stand up and pray with me? I'm not forcing anyone to do this. It's your own choice. If God cannot force you, I will not force you either. Lift your hand up to heaven and pray with me. Father in heaven, today I heard the message of holiness. You call me, Lord, to be holy. Because you are holy Today I make a decision To give my body To you As a living sacrifice Please renew my mind With your word 
I want to put off the old person, and I want to put on the new person, new creature into my life. Oh Lord, help me to walk in the fear of God, and I believe, Father, as I live a holy life. Before Your throne, You give me Your glory, Your presence, the tangible presence of God, with victory, mercy, grace, favor, prosperity, success, like You gave to Joseph, to Joshua. To the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, Father, I'm, I'm not legalistic. I'm not trying to be legalistic, but I walk with You in love, Father. My walk of holiness that I will do before You come out from intimacy. That I love You so much. And I fear you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord. Please guard my mouth, my heart, my actions every single day. May your Holy Spirit convict me when I start to do wrong, say wrong things, have wrong attitudes. I will repent right away. I will turn around and say yes to you. I submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from me. And I will be ruling and reigning in this life. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Please come and listen to the second part. Amen. I don't know which Sunday. I'm not going to tell you, so you will not miss Sunday church. <laughs> God told me to be unpredictable. Amen. Hallelujah. เราหวังเป็นอย่างยิ่งว่าคำสอนนี้จะเป็นพระพรต่อชีวิตส่วนตัวและงานรับใช้ของท่านหากท่านต้องการคำสอนในชุดอื่นๆหรือต้องการข้อมูลเกี่ยวกับคริสตจักรของเราท่านสามารถติดต่อเราได้ที่หมายเลขโทรศัพท์206 275 1042ในสหรัฐอเมริกาหรือ086 688 9940ในประเทศไทยหรือเขียนจดหมายมายัง New Hope International Church 9170 Southeast 64 Street, Mercer Island, Washington 98040, สหรัฐอเมริกาและท่านยังสามารถรับฟังและดาวน์โหลดคำเทศนาได้เองผ่านทางพอดแคสต์ด้วย iTunes เข้าไปดูวิธีการได้ที่เว็บไซต์ www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com หรือที่เว็บไซต์ www.pastorvarun.com Your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only Son. Bring me your tired, you said.
Spirit, please descend on me. I long for your touch, your energy. I want to be reborn into loving arms. Lend your grace, please, Lord. Hear my song.